This episode contains mentions of sexual assault. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Hate Musicals, the podcast. (laughs) I am Megan, and I am a hater. I am Kyle, and I'm a historian. I'm Chantal, and I'm the youth of the group. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. Let's keep that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> we are here to discuss musicals that pop up in today's frequent productions. That's a weird way to say it, but I'm keeping it. Um, Do it. I personally have a background in theater. I have a bachelor's and have applied for a master's. We'll see if I get in. And uh, currently am the artistic director of a theater company in Portland, Maine. Uh, My name is Kyle Ahrens. Uh, I also am in Portland, Maine. Um, I have a degree in musical theater from Fredonia, New York. Um, I have done shows all over New England, up and down the Eastern Coast, regional, tours, etc. And I am a big old nerd when it comes to music theater history. So I'm excited to take a look at some problematic (laughs) musicals from a more historical point and see where they're at. Uh, I'm Chantal King. I am a little wee baby. I'm 21. (laughs) Um, I'm originally from Colorado, but I moved to Maine two years ago, and I've been doing a lot of theater here. I did a lot of theater back in uh, Denver. Uh, I'm mostly studied in like musical theater and uh, acting in general, and I'm starting to break my way into voice acting, so that's kind of cool. But yeah. And... As was previously mentioned, we are here to rip some musicals apart. Yes. So without <laughs> much further ado, there's a Shakespeare joke for you. Uh, <laughs> we are going to kick it off with... Grease. That's, yep. We are. <laughs> we're we're going to start there. Grease is an there. interesting show. Uh, it opened in Chicago in 1971, um, and it was a much raunchier version than we know today. Um, lots of cursing, lots, much more lewd than it already is today. Um, very, very <laughs> gritty production trying to portray accurate high school in the 1950s. It moved to Off-Broadway in New York, on opened in February 14th of 1972, ran there for a few months, it got picked up by Broadway real quick, opened on Broadway June 7th, 1972, and the original production closed uh, eight years later on April 13th, 1980. Uh, the movie came out in 1978 with Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. There was a 1994 revival directed by Tommy Toon. I brought a lot of dance intervention into the show. Uh, And then in 2007, we were graced with the national... I don't want to even joke national treasure. You got it. The national thing that was, you're the one that I want, the live show to pick the next Sandy and Danny. And that production opened in 2007... And then we were graced with Grease Live, which nobody asked for in 2016. Yeah. 
that was no you know choices were made <laughs> regarding that production <laughs> choices were made yeah. yeah it keeps coming back and it really it does we're here to find and it just gets if- yeah. Like progressively worse <laughs> every time it does research back. So before we get too deep, should we go over the story of Greece in case there's someone listening who has been fortunate enough not to see it yet? Yes. That's a great idea. So we start with the class reunion of Rydal High in 1959. We're introduced to two groups of students, the men who are known as the T-Birds and the women who are known as the Pink Ladies. Uh, so we go back to the first day of the year where the pink ladies are being introduced to Sandy Dombrowski. And the T-Birds are talking with Danny Zuko at the Burger Palace about their summer fling. And they're both describing their story from their perspective. And the song, they actually kind of meet up at the Burger Palace, and Danny refuses to introduce Sandy as that girl, spurning a whole lovely story arc. Um, shortly thereafter, all the guys talk, uh, talk to Duty who is showing off his new guitar skills, while the girls meet up for a pajama party at Marty's and are experimenting with cigarettes, wine, piercing ears, and we learn about um, Marty's marine long-distance boyfriend, Freddy. Bouncing back to the guys, we're at the Burger Palace again. Uh, they talk about Kaniki's new car, which he calls Grease Lightning, which is a car he is fixing up. And there's, we'll get into that. Um, Dandy sees Sandy again and tries to apologize, but is interrupted by another girl named Patty who comes in to flirt. This kind of thing goes on back and forth. We're introduced to Roger, whose nickname is Rump, and he gives a song called Mooning. And uh, Jan, who is the, oh, let's not sugarcoat Grease, who is the fat girl character. Um, proclaims her love for him and they have a nice little moment and we all kind of talk about everybody pairing up on we go together act two we start talking about prom uh danny and sandy are still not jive in at the moment we go to the prom and danny brings cha-cha di giorio i'm sorry di gregorio from uh, saint bernadette's academy to make sandy jealous there is a big old dance number uh, we cut randomly to Frenchie, who is dropped out of beauty school for some reason. Then we get back to the Burger Palace boys, and they start talking about things that are going on, and Danny decides to take Sandy to the drive-in. We have a fantastic scene that's absolutely not date rape. Spoiler alert, it is. And we go back. Sandy has a bit of a revelation and decides she's going to change herself for a man. And she uh, calls up Frenchie and goes through a makeover. She shows up at the Burger Palace, and surprise, everybody's happy now because a woman changed herself for a man. And we all lived happily ever after. Woo! Well, <laughs> well yeah. Um, when you say it like that, you know? It... <laughs> because podcast is an audio medium i feel the need to tell the listeners that during that entire synopsis chantal and i were making a lot of faces and a lot of <laughs> eye rolling took place thank you oh man <laughs> oh wow yeah all right friends where where do we even begin 
with this mess. Okay, so before we get too into it on ripping this thing to shreds, um, let's let's go through some of the music and see if see if we can find some talking points there. I don't know. I have like such a love hate relationship with the show because this was my first musical that I ever did in high school, which was um, and kind of like moving along and getting to like the music merit of it <laughs> i know it's very different from the uh from the musical down to the movie because they actually made song changes and took out a lot of the uh t-birds and pink ladies songs and kind of just focused on uh danny and sandy a little bit more um which was you know i i feel like that's that kind of gives it you know gives it away a bit because in the musical version i feel like there's more characterization with the pink ladies and the t-birds that you can see, but also it kind of shows how problematic <laughs> all the like gender roles and like the norms of the time as well. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I will say one thing to merit the production rather than the movie is that it is built for a more ensemble cast, uh, especially mm-hmm. the music. Uh, which I'm sure is why a lot of high schools do it. Also, because mm-hmm. up here in uh, northern New England, there's just so many white kids. So how are you going to do a musical yeah. and not get everyone mad at you? Do Grease, mm-hmm. except mm, the things mm. that children are singing about. Yeah, we actually, Whoa. my high school got in trouble. <laughs> like we might, because we had uh, double casts. My cast, we did a little bit raunchier and we got in trouble because um, our director slash choir teacher was like, you know what? I don't like this book, so we're just going to incorporate some of the movie into it and we're just going to see how it goes. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, totally. But my little freshman heart was like, this is the best. But looking at it now, I'm like, absolutely not. So yeah, I had a lot of experience with uh, with Grease because it was my first uh, like high school musical. Uh, I was a freshman and I got casted as Jan, the girl who eats. I'm still losing that Twinkie weight. So many Twinkies were shoved down my gob. Um, <laughs> it was obscene and nasty. <laughs> um, yeah. So what we, we what we did is we made it like a hybrid movie musical mashup. So we took out. Uh, some of the songs but let me start from the beginning so the beginning we open up with uh rydell high which is kind of like a weird flashback where it uh shows all of the uh students coming in for like a high school reunion but the pink ladies and the t-birds aren't there um and so it's kind of like them singing about how they enjoy high school and then it kind of flashes back to the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies, and it's like their rendition of their school fight song, but it's a raunchier version. And it's it sucks. <laughs> it's just musically. It's the... It's like... I, like, I understand being simple and it being, you know, to a point, but it's just so simple to a point where I'm like, listen like a second grader could write it. I don't know why we have to explain it or why this exposition is here when that's obviously so stated in Summer Nights. So I understand why they took it out of the movie because it makes no sense. Um, and then promptly replaced it with Grease is the Word, which makes equally no sense. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we go right into Summer Nights, which, <laughs> well, 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 uh, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, it kind of reminds me of, like, my biggest issue with it is it normalizes the whole locker room talk, you know, of, like, how boys are, you know, objectifying and overly sexualizing women when the women are just like, oh, my God, was he cute? What did he, was he super nice? But it's like the men are just kind of, you know, being very overtly sexual with it. And there's a... Um, there's a line that Knicky says. Did she put up a fight? Um, I don't. I don't think that's yeah. okay. <laughs> no. Know? So no. Yeah, Knicky's whole character is just really aggressive and very. Hoorah! I'm a male. I only, you know, have sex with women, and that's all I'm good at. And it's like, well, that's not a character trait. Um, Speaking of Kaniki, let's let's talk about his car and the music that surrounds it, which oh. has given this delightful uh, piece of theater its name. Uh, uh, what? Why? I mean, I understand that uh, the whole greaser lifestyle was a thing it was a type of whatever i mean kids go through phases in every decade but why (laughs) why 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 do we have to have a song surrounding this car when it is and why is this musical called grease if the only song about grease is about the frigging car interesting point to that question it is called greece because of the time period greece was everywhere for these characters um so well, obviously we've got grief we've got <laughs> greece with grease lightning in the car a lot of guys at the time worked on their cars look at their hairstyles at the time greece was all over their hair these characters okay. are all lower middle class and they are supposed to be from Polish and Italian families, who at the time, a lot of folks were either working in kitchens with Greece or working with cars in Greece. So Greece was everywhere in these characters' lives. So yeah. that's where it gets its name from, not just the car. It comes from okay. the, the world that these 10 characters, these 10 students were from. Thank you, Kyle, with a historical yeah, anecdote. That was good. I, that's, Historian that, point that... one. <laughs> Read, children. Um, that's okay. Well, putting it in that perspective, as the hater of the group, I do want to come at this with some pro points. Pro uh, showing the lower middle class, of, or, or at least like not, not the rich, upper, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. is... is it's it's a good place to go because it, they're not getting a lot of attention otherwise. However, it's very white. That goes yes. to the con list. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I, I think it, it does make it a little less um, what is the point. So I appreciate that historical note. Um, I do still feel um, strongly that that song is just so... Is that in your coasting through the you laugh child? 
thank you to our producer robot holly yes thank you holly <laughs> <laughs> Um, and to kind of go off that lyrical standpoint, that's my biggest issue with the song is the lyrics. Because, like, these guys are just fixing up this car just to have sex in it. That is it. <laughs> like, if you go with, like, what they are saying, um, oh, my gosh. It's, uh, I know be that I'll be riding in this real pussy wagon, grease lightning. Mm. Mm. I mean, I mean, I'll be getting Question lots of Question for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did did those lyrics get updated at all for uh, your high school version? Uh, they did. They did. Um, mm -hmm. They made no sense. It's kind of like, uh, sorry to put in another musical that we'll be probably talking about later. It's kind of like Candy Store with Heathers and how they made a high school version of that. And you're like, that's okay. Well, we didn't need that. Um <laughs> It's kind of like that. We only changed um, Pussy Wagon and Tit, but then we kept the rest of the song. Okay, so all of the references, essentially, in the entire piece to uh, date rape are still there. Yep. <laughs> Great. Great. Yeah. Yep. I know there is a yep. high school version of this show. I'm sure it's still horrible. It is it not is. great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, two of the songs from the show that I think are super important for the positive are Those Magic Changes and Freddie My Love, both sung really? in the first okay. act and both sung by more ensemble characters. Uh, Marty sings Freddie My Love and Duty sings Those Magic Changes. I like them a lot because they do an excellent job of capturing what music in the 50s was. They are fantastic mm -hmm. duop pieces with good composition, as well as lyrically representing what was happening at the time. And I have very strong opinions about the fact that Summer Nights and other songs in the show get more attention than those two. I, yeah, I agree with that, actually. I do like uh, those magic changes. I will add one in there. I don't know if this is going to vibe with you guys, but I do love... We go together. I don't know. You just play at like a musical theater party and everybody starts foaming at the mouth for some reason. And the energy <laughs> in the room is just like theater kids did like a bag of cocaine plus Adderall. It is just crazy. I like the energy <laughs> is palpable. And I don't know why if I love that chaoticness so much, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, this is like my musical theater staple. I will confess, uh, I have rocked out to that song at a karaoke party. It's kind of the equivalent of putting on a Disney karaoke playlist. It's just everyone knows every lyric. You go for it. It's I feel like at least out. in every college theater department, there are those staples. And that, truthfully, is one of them. Yeah. We could go on about this for <laughs> a very long time. Forever. Um, but let's move into the meat of the show. So this this is where we get to tear it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> here's a character we haven't brought up who feels very close to my heart because she's angry. And I love playing the angry character. This is the only role I would accept in the show. And that is Rizzo. Mm. <sighs> let's talk about Rizzo. She presents as the most quote-unquote strong character in the entire show because she's mean. There's there's red flag number one. Um, and then when she uh, when she thinks that she might, uh, oh, she's also apparently a terrible person because she drinks and she smokes and she has sex. You know, like 
every single teenager ever on the planet. And then when she finds out she might be pregnant, she gets completely snubbed by Kaniki, whom we I think we all agree we hate. And when she does get her moment of vulnerability, <laughs> she's she's alone. I could stay home every night. Wait around for Mr. Right. Take cold showers every day and throw my life away on a dream that will come true. She is openly admitting to feeling the pressures of this lifestyle and she is unapologetic about it. She's trying, she, but the only person she can admit this to is to herself. And that is the most heartbreaking moment for me personally in that show. Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. it's, maybe it's because that's the only role I'd want to play. But yeah, it's, it's, it, whew. No, that's completely fair. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like she is the only redeeming part of that show. And if they focused on her story a bit more and kind of like her tension with Sandy that isn't petty, it could show what it was actually trying to go for, which is kind of breaking away from this prim and proper version of yourself from this from the 50s to a more liberating self, except not with doing it for a man, but for you, you know? And I feel if that was the core message, then it could work, but it doesn't focus on that, which is so important. Hashtag justice for Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, that brings up a really good point, Chantel. Um, what the show originally was written as, at the time when it was being written, the late 60s, early 70s, there was this movie trope where the woman comes in and she changes the alpha man to be better. And the alpha man becomes emotional and has a human feeling. And now he's acceptable and can be loved and can have a remote romantic relationship. So when they were writing the show, they took that tired trope and said, let's be brave and daring since we're white men and switch it up. So now it's we're going to change the woman for the man. And that's going to be our daring and artistic take on this, which 40, 50 years ago may have been interesting, but now we look back and go, ew, that's just awful. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I... And something I really dislike since we're talking about the me, and this kind of touches on the music. In the original production, Sandy did not have a solo song until Sandra D. Reprise when she does the uh, Sandy, you must start anew and mm -hmm. decides to change, which from a theater theory point is very interesting because the only people that got to have big song moments were the people that had already been indoctrinated. So that was an interesting point to show and display in the context of the show how she is changing but That's because amazing. olivia newton john needed a star vehicle number in her contract they wrote um hopelessly devoted and it has since been added to subsequent shows which to me takes a lot of the theater theory strength away from the character of sandy 
I think it was stronger before they did that because she, you kind of showed her resisting the whole time until she chose to change. Mm-hmm. Right, but it and it's adding that song still centers it around the fact that she needs to change for Danny, and that's that's where the ick factor explodes for me. Hopelessly yeah. devoted. Sure, it's fun to belt in the shower, but you know, it's 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 uh, it feels like that's the entire message of the show is is that one song, hopelessly devoted. No matter what, we're 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 devoted to this culture. We're devoted to these tropes. We're devoted to mm-hmm. letting the men do whatever they want, and yeah. that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was a more eloquent way I could say it, but oh no, my god, fair. I'm feeling the feelings, y'all. <laughs> and I also, you mentioned uh, Jan was the subsequent, you know, like fat kid trope. I, as someone who played Jan, yes, it is very true. The whole song "Mooning" is kind of like this weird way of Roger being like, "It's okay that you eat a lot." And I'm into it. And I feel like Roger's, like, the only, like, redeeming dude of the T-Birds because it feels like he's forced into it. And in the musical script, it shows that very much so. So I thought that was incredibly interesting. But they took, you know, the T-Birds and the Pink Lady stuff, like, out of the movie, which is more popular, you know. So I thought that was weird that they kind of, like, cut that also a little, like, redeeming quality out as well. There is that brief little scene when they're in the diner. You sure I keep date? Well, I didn't mean it the way it came out. I understand. I always thought you were a very understanding person. I am. And I also think that there's more to you than just fat. Thanks. You're welcome. You got a date for the dance-off? No. Want to go? Yeah. But he's still portrayed to be the quote-unquote weakest member of the T-Birds. And that, that in and of itself shows that like this macho machismo, uh, calling your car a woman (laughs) personality. (laughs) uh, Well, you know, men have to name their cars in the fifties. Um, or had to rather, uh, some still do. <laughs> I it, there there's still that underlying message that like yeah these these two weaker members of each group so there's Jan's weak because she is you know allegedly fat and he's weak because he is sweet yeah like the that that message still rings pretty clear it's like great oh yay they found each other but they only found each other because they're the weakest members of the group. That's true. That's true. Also, one more thing that makes me so angry is the drive-in scene. (laughs) Because, Uh. yeah, no, let's get into it. The drive-in scene is what really cemented for me of, like, this should not be performed ever (laughs) again. (laughs) is because Danny literally almost rapes Sandy. I'm going to be real with you. He does. And Sandy's like, I'm not into that. I'm leaving you. And then Danny gets this, like, piss baby poor song. Like, oh, woe is me. She didn't want to, like, sleep or kiss me. Meh. And it's like, what is, what are you trying to teach to people about that? Like, that's not okay. At all. <laughs> like, that's what yeah. really makes me mad. 
if we're being frank, date rape is everywhere in this show. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, you have to make yourself desirable so that a man will, a man will want to have sex with you if you are a woman. And mm-hmm. only if you're a woman. And you just have to let him. And you're, you're totally right, Megan, because um, mm-hmm. right after the prom, Marty, when Rizzo is telling her that she may be pregnant, tells Rizzo that Vince Fontaine, the adult DJ at the prom, yeah. spiked oh, a drink. Yeah, like, forgot about that oh, part. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. oh yeah. Vince Fontaine is trash. How did we <laughs> do this in adult. high school? <laughs> That's, that is the How question. How did we do this in high school? How did, who let us get away with this? <laughs> that That oh. is definitely the question. Oh, I, my God. And this is still that. done today. Oh, it is still done today, which Jesus. is like, really? Really? In, well, let's say we we should probably say 2019 since no musicals have been done in 2020. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so okay. I feel like if we were to rename this show, it would be Grease: colon, The Date Rape Musical. <laughs> um, I said it. I said it, and I meant it. Yeah, I that's second fair. it. <laughs> I third it. <laughs> so I feel like this is a great segue into our final section of this podcast. Which is, should this musical still be done? (laughs) I have in my brain a real weird way to do it that might make it interesting and okay. Okay. Cast it with people that are in their 40s or 50s or older as if they are reminiscing and present it in a way of, oh, that was not okay. Thank goodness I got older and grew out of this. Mm. That is mm. the only way that I can see it being done and not being the dumpster fire it is. So they're giving themselves an okay boomer? <laughs> I mean, pretty Grace much. the revival, okay boomer. <laughs> 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 oh my god <laughs> shit okay it, that would have to be oh boy that would have to be really really Meryl Streep as Sandy Dombrowski <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay, oh, no, okay I wait, can't wait, wait. handle it I can't handle it Danny Danny Dumb- yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait what were you going to say? Danny DeVito? Featuring Danny DeVito as Kaniki. Can I offer you a nice egg in this trying time? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The important question. If Danny DeVito came back as a regretful Kaniki, I would watch it. I will say that. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to have to agree with you, Kyle, in that no teenagers should be doing this, especially not modern teenagers, because... it's just not (sighs) yeah as a teenager who did this no teenager should be doing this show (laughs) we have it from the youth yeah from the youth it's we like when i say we got in trouble we got in trouble like my cast we got sat down by the principal because we took it a little too far because we were like it's grease we can flip everybody off and like say the f word and meh no (laughs) you cannot (laughs) 
you can do that. <laughs> I do have to say, I don't think censoring teenagers is is a good thing. However, there are some things that the world does just not need to see anymore, and I feel like Greece has had its time. I agree with that, and I agree with you fullheartedly, Kyle. Like that is the only feasible way. I can see it be done is like it does like an Oklahoma revival situation where it's like, hi, this is wrong and it is clearly wrong and here is why. So Do it very Brechtian. Brechtian yeah. yeah. <laughs> production Greece. Greece. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we've got it. Bertolt Breck presents Greece, colon. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so All if right. we're telling folks to to be done with Greece. What do we think is an all right show to throw out that has the same idea? High school kids dealing with high school problems. Well, I think this one's a little obvious, but if we're talking about actual teens going through their sexual awakening, I think Spring Awakening. Really? Man. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we definitely have yeah. some things to discuss on that front as well. Yeah. <laughs> However, yes. I feel I I feel like there's a way to do a period piece that it can cover things in a way that are okay for today, and it can yeah. cover them in a way that's like, oh, this is this is a separate time. This is bad. Now we know that this is not okay, but mm. there's there's a way to present it in that way. That's and, fair. again, it's been a while since I've listened to Spring Awakening, so I, I might be eating my words later, but that is my pick, Spring Awakening. Okay. Kyle? Mm-hmm. I've got a couple. I think if we're talking about high schoolers dealing with high schooler problems and a show that's going to get the high school kids excited, Heather's is an option. Mm. There are problems with that, but <laughs> the problematic characters die. So that's fair. karma. That's fair. Um, <laughs> if we want to go the cheesy fun route, we do have a Grease of the Modern Age. It's called High School Musical. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's literally I, High School Musical. Oh my god! I have feelings and opinions about it, but it is much more appropriate, and I would feel much better seeing that than high schoolers doing Grease. No, um, on the obscure end, there is a there is an interesting show called Runaways by Elizabeth Suedos. Oh yes, um, that one's good. Which deals with basically kids on the street and runaway kids. It's a series of monologues and songs from the seventies. Music is, eh, but it's it's interesting, and there are some great monologues and some great ways to discuss it. Also, there is a deaf character who signs the entire show. Oh my god! Which I oh, think it's wow. amazing. Wow, you got me beat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those those uh, are my three picks. Uh, next time we let Kyle go last. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, this pick isn't. Tell what as, you got. Uh, this pick isn't as good. Uh, there's one caveat though: is you need to have people of color in your school. If you do not do not do this show, I will hunt you down. Um, <laughs> it is all shook up. It is basically a fifties twelfth oh. night jukebox musical everybody loves a good elvis presley jukebox musical and it shows the like quote-unquote douchebaggy guy getting his comeuppance at the end and pointing out like you're a b-hole so no um (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah i think all shook up would get people excited it has a lot of great ensemble people in it 
um, great music, great. It's 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 just really fun. But you have to have people of color in it, or I will fight you. That is it. <laughs> That's a really good pick, actually, and it really it hits the music end too of Greece. It it's does. Probably if you're like going for like of a 50s the ones... style. Yeah, of all the shows we listed, I think that's the most, the closest to Greece itself. Yeah, I agree. All right. That is my pick. So now that we have uh, torn Greece apart, uh, yes. let's see. What are we going to do next week? Yeah. All right. Let's go to our robot producer for the reveal. But I guess it's true. Between me and you, I think everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Oh okay. boy! <laughs> oh, oh, we're so we're going cool. heavy next week. Oh, so no. for those of you who are not familiar, that is Avenue Q. Oh. Ooh, starting oh. off with a bang and then getting on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Okay, yeah. That's all. That's all for us. We will see you next time with Avenue Q. I'm. Megan, the hater. I'm Kyle, the historian. And I'm Chantal, your little baby, baby girl. (laughs) I don't know. I tried. (laughs) See you next time, folks. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. I Hate Musicals is produced by Polyphonic Theater Ensemble. Our hosts are Megan Tripaldi, Kyle Ahrens, and Chantal King. Our production manager is Holly Pryor. This podcast was recorded on Wabanaki land.